This week on Jesus Center Stage, it's perspectives, the God on the mountain is the God in the valley, and it's time you act like a man. In the We're live. Go. Go where? <laughs> <laughs> so, did you notice how foggy it was this morning? Yes, it was very foggy. So, the first uh, order that I had today, one of the one of the two orders went on top of the mountain, and do you know... And it was still early, like it was super foggy down here. Mm-hmm. But when I got to the top of the mountain, it was sunny enough to put my sunglasses on while I was driving. But still foggy down here. But still foggy down here. Could you look off the mountain and see fog below you? N- no, because of the way I was on Signal Mountain, you can't really look off the. I mm-hmm. wasn't on the edge. I wasn't on the west yeah. brow or anything. Um, but it didn't dawn on me because you know I was just driving, and when I was like before. I went. I was like, oh, man, why did I take this order? Because now I have to drive up the mountain, and it's going to be super foggy and whatever. And I didn't even think about it. But there was, like, no fog on the mountain. You were above the clouds. Exactly. It was so weird. And then on my way back down, I was like, you know what? I put my sunglasses on on the mountain. But after I got off the mountain, it was foggy again. Hmm. And I just started thinking about how much perspective can change with a little height. And how sometimes we are so, I know this is cliche, but we're so, like, we're so integrated in our surroundings and our situations that we don't see the big picture. And we can't see what's going on because it's just foggy. Yeah. But God, from his point of view, can, you know, see? It's not, it's not foggy up there. (laughs) I see. Anyways, it was just really weird. You know where I thought you was going to go with that? What? That you went up above the clouds and then you went to a third heaven, <laughs> and that you seen things. <laughs> if that I went to a third heaven, what does what Paul say that? I don't know, unseen or unheard of. I don't know. There was things that men can't comprehend or something other. If I went to the third heaven, I ain't coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'd be looking on our little. 360 app and think why is she just riding in circles on top of that mountain right now <laughs> i'm not i'm not coming back y'all i'm not i would eventually have called you and said look you're just on top of the mountain you're not <laughs> <laughs> the fog has lifted I, down here. As, come on back home. as pretty as some of the places are on top of the mountain i really hope that heaven is better than that yeah i don't i think uh your hopes will be okay um, that's one one topic that we discussed a long time ago that uh, we might have a podcast on, which is heaven itself. Uh, of course, all we can do is take guesses. Um, it's nice. Since though. now that I found out you didn't go visit this morning, like Paul, <laughs> like the Apostle Paul said, <laughs> I knew a woman who <laughs> that would be you. <laughs> For no. those that don't know, Apostle Paul said, I once knew a man who was caught up to the third heaven. Yeah. And yes. then, of course, it was his self. But. Yes. Well, no, unfortunately, that did not happen. I just thought it was so weird because most of the time, the higher you go, the more foggy it is. Yeah, it usually is. But somewhere, there, there was just, and it was still foggy when I got off the mountain. Like, mm-hmm. it was still foggy in the valley. And I was like, this is just weird that there's more fog. Like, it's still hazy and foggy down here. Like, the sky, like, you couldn't see any sun at all mm. down here. But on top of the mountain... It was sunshine. You, you, it was so weird. You actually lived that the the cliche that is in every single church about sometimes you're up on the mountain and things are great. <laughs> yes. And then when you're in the valley, it's so dark and you can't yes. see. 
Yes. You actually lived that this I did. Morning. And it was so weird because it was opposite. Of and you found out that the God on the mountain. Is the God in the valley. Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was put a check mark by that song now. We know it's, it's a true song. Tried, true, and proven. <laughs> oh, what else has been happening with you? I don't know. It's been a pretty good week at work. Hasn't been overly hot. Mm-hmm. Except yesterday, it was really hot. It seems to be getting hotter every, a little bit hotter each day. However, tomorrow's the last day of that because on Saturday, it's it's only going to be like 60. All day long? Mm-hmm. Which means it's going to be cold in the morning. 40-something. That's cold. Right on time because I'm cold. going hunting this weekend. Um, so we got a, what I think is a, a good topic here today, uh, just... Uh, something for discussion obviously there's scriptures that we can go to there's bible stories and and those kinds of things but um i can't i I know we're not the only one because i've i've been seeing these statistics and i i've got something really interesting to add to this by the way it might actually ruin it but still oh wow okay so as we start at at, the risk of him ruining it y'all just hang on as we start the podcast i'm just telling you now i might be fixing to ruin the whole topic um, no, the, the, the statistics that, that we see, and, and I've been seeing them for a long time, is that when the child of the family gets saved first, then it's like 3% of the time the rest of the family will end up saved. And if the mother of the family gets saved first, then I think it goes up to like 17%. 17%. But the st- statistic says if the the man of the house gets saved first, then 93% of the time the rest of the house will follow along. Um, I think those stats are accurate in the order they're in. However, uh, in researching a little bit for this podcast, uh, there is... Those, those stats have been around at least since 1996. And there's nowhere anybody has said where these stats came from. Okay, there's, well, that's questionable. There's not a source. There's not a source. I, I read, there's not been any updates since 96? Not that I could see. But one guy said he was investigating it, trying to find out. And, and these stats came from a book, and I, I wish I could remember the name of the book now. But it's, it was a book I had actually even heard of. Um, Isn't it from Focus on the Family or something? I, yeah, I, maybe, maybe. But, I mean, I feel like I've heard these kind of statistics on, on the Focus on the Family. But he, he said he contacted the, the publisher of the book to find out what the source was, and they couldn't tell him. They said, you know, this what they basically what they told him was they didn't write the book, so, so they, they don't know. They don't know, but he he searched high and low trying to find where's the source of these statistics. So I wanted to put that out there, um, just just so that uh, people will know these statistics might be off a little bit, and that's why I said I think the order of these statistics is correct though. It might not be 3%, 17%, 93%. But the principle is there. The principle holds true is what you're saying. Yes. The numbers might not be exactly accurate 20, 
30 years later? I can't do math. Yeah. Why are we talking about statistics? If, if that was accurate then. I mean, yeah. if there's no source to it. But, but well, I do think... I mean, think surely somebody didn't just make that up. They had to have it, I mean, had to get it from somewhere. You would think. I'll, I'll be honest with you, though. I've always thought 93% sounded high. But, but if you think about it, that it's also probably the reverse reverse that order of statistics is probably how people actually get saved the the, the member of the family Mm -hmm. it's usually a child that or a woman a child or a mother that comes to christ before them before a man does Mm -hmm. so that might be why it seems exorbitant statistics to say 93 percent because there's really not as many to begin with Matter of fact, I did see a study in, in while I was re- when I was researching this, a study that did have sources behind it uh, that said 61 percent of people in church are women. So there's a majority already, and then you take in. I'm guessing this study also included youth and so forth. So the percentage of men in the church is probably 20. Five to thirty, maybe I don't know, but uh, one way or the other, if you got sixty-one percent uh, that are women, the most you could have would be thirty-nine percent for the men, um, and so it, it's just it shows that there is more, there's more women that that are attending church um, and probably most likely taking the children, those kinds of things. But at the same time, it, it shows. Uh, this the statistics we started with whether or not those numbers are exactly correct the importance of of the the male leadership in the family and what you know what it can can do what it can uh, uh, change i guess you could say in the family is that that god had intended um our families to to function a certain way he had a the perfect design uh i don't know if you're aware of this but all of god's designs so far have ended up perfect imagine that imagine that imagine a perfect creator doing perfect things Mm. yep so um yeah so he he has a perfect design for the family and when you look at what god's design is biblically and i and i mean scripturally we're not just you know, we're not making this up as we go yes. along. But if you go through there biblically, his structure of the family lines up with what the statistics that we read. The man is the most influential of the family. The woman is under the man. The children follow the, the dad and, and the mother. And this is spiritually speaking, taking from a sermon that we heard a couple of weeks ago. I think a lot of the time we look at the at the design that God had and the way that the Bible talks about authority and leadership and the the man as the head of the woman things like that and we look at it in a in a material and physical mm-hmm. way instead yeah. of a spiritual way but this design for the family is a spiritual design as a spiritual head that God is the head of the man and man is the head of the woman this is a spiritual authority, not a I can control everything that happens in this family because I'm the dude. Yeah. Not like that. Everybody has to listen to me. Yes. That's not that's not it. 
and we heard it explained in a way I've never heard it explained uh, before. And I've heard a lot of people talk about this because I've been in church my whole life. So I've heard this this topic a lot. Um, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes, I'm going to say the majority of the time, it's talked about in a way of the, whoever makes life decisions, whoever gets to say so, I get to say when and where it happens, stuff like that. It's talked about like that. And then a lot of times it's talked about in a humorous way, in, in actually making light of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um which I don't think helps to lend to the spiritual understanding of it. Um, but just hearing that sermon where he explained how that this is not a physical or a material thing, and we've made it such an earthly thing when it's not supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be a spiritual thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's not It's not a boss and employee's no. design that God had intended. Um, but but he he has a place for the man. He has a place for the woman. He has a place for the children. And I think that because uh, that's God's design, that when we see the man doing what the man is supposed to do, and following God, then then those statistics are so much higher. Yes. Because the the man's doing what he's supposed to do, and and then the the woman and the children also. Everything's in order. And just to clarify, the man doing what he's supposed to be doing, you know how I love when you give these lofty ideas and no practical application. So let Mm. me just insert something here. That man doing what he's supposed to be doing is going after God with all of his heart. Mm -hmm. Surrendering to God with everything that he has. If his relationship with God is getting better every single day, if his focus is... I'm going to do f- what's right for my family because I am doing what's right to God. My relationship with God is my priority. That's what the man is doing. That's when he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Is Every priority takes second place to his relationship with God. Because once he has that in line, then everything else is easier. Yeah. Not everything else will be perfect, but... His relationship to God is what constructs how he treats his wife and how he treats his family mm-hmm. and the the example that he has for his family. There's a lot of people who say one thing and do another, which ruins that example. Yeah. But again, if the man is doing what he's supposed to be doing and that he has his focus on his relationship with God and following God no matter what, then his actions are going to line up with what he claims. Absolutely. And, you know, we know one of the one of the most misused, twisted up verses in all the Bible is the verses that, that speak of wives submitting. And and obviously that is God's design, but man has has made a an idea of what submission looks like. Yes. Um, and again it has a lot to do with the earthly aspects yeah it, it does um but as as uh we kind of prepared for this and Who i prepared? guess we didn't well, prepare i i researched okay. i just told you I'm i found sorry. these as things you prepared yeah for this. no i guess i i'm hoping that this podcast uh that it will speak to men uh because there there's obviously something missing when 61 percent of the church is is women then there there's a lack on the men's side 
uh, me and you have talked, when you go to a church that has men's and women's group, the women's group is always bigger. Um, so, I, you know, in, in my hopes, this is going to speak to men and, and hopefully to men who are not leading their families uh, toward God and, and knowing that there's a responsibility, you know, too oftentimes, and I think we even touched on this uh, maybe a week or so ago, of w- wanting other people to do the work for us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think as men, um, it's it's not as, uh, you might say, macho to to go to church and cry, wait, raise your hands, praise, worship, those kinds of things. And, and you know, there's other things that, that have our attention oftentimes. And in doing so, we're we're almost wanting someone else. We we want. There's nobody is going to tell you they they're fine with their kids not being saved and going to hell. So we're wanting our kids to get saved. We're but maybe we're we're waiting on the preacher to do it. Yeah, we're waiting on someone else to do it. So, oh, the church bus is going to come by and pick them up. Great. I don't have to get up and go. So I'm going to let them go. But the thing is, the Bible never. It, it never talks about a church building anyways, but it's not talking about be a leader when you're when it's Sunday and you go to church, but it's it's your children, it's your wife seeing you living a godly life, having godly values, ha- having a relationship with with God and trusting in Jesus for your salvation and and that's that's what changes and and if the men that are out there that that are hearing this right now if you're not doing that then you're hoping for someone else to do it because i you don't want your kids to go to hell and if you're not doing it then somewhere whether you're not you know it or not you're you're hoping somebody else will just do it but um i was looking at a verse there in first timothy chapter two and eight and it says um of course this there's a lot here uh, and I, I don't have time to read all the verses. So, But there in that verse 8, it says, Therefore I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without wrath or dissension. Now, you know we've talked before, it's dangerous just to read one verse because you don't know the context of that. But the, there, there is in that, in that one single verse, though, that's what God wants from the men is in every place be praying let your family see you pray pray with your family don't be afraid to lift up your hands in submission to god mm-hmm. um and like i said sometimes as as men and and i'm even you know guilty of it myself is you know uh, you try to stay humble and you try to be that person who's uh, who who doesn't worry about what other people think but sometimes it it, it is uh, it affects you in ways as a man of, well, I don't want to look like I'm not in control, or I don't want to look like that that I'm worried, because if I get worried, then they're going to worry. But sometimes when they see that you're worried and the place that you you go when you get worried is to God, then they understand that when they get worried and you're not around, that's where they can, they can go the same place you do, and, and I think we we miss that as men. Um, oftentimes that that we don't see the significance that God created the 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 structure of the man the woman the children and and that's how he's intended it to be and when when that's not the case I, and we're not even going to get into the the families uh, 
the the broken families. But I'm talking about if you got a man, a woman, and children in the house. I don't, you know, I ain't even gonna, I only care if it's you know a stepmom or a stepdad. But when you got them in there, in, in a family unit, then the man is the example setter, the influencer. And, yeah, and if the if the mother is the one that's trying to to lead spiritually, that's great. Mothers have to do that oftentimes, but that wasn't God's original plan. The original plan was for that man to lead the wife and the kids, and and we we fall short as men in that. I would just like to encourage the men. I I think that there's a from from my perspective, there is an amazing opportunity here. If you can grasp the potential that you have to influence your family. Maybe you see things in your family that you wish were different. Maybe you see attitudes in your family you don't like. Maybe you see decisions in your family that you wish you could change. You have the, I'm going to say the power, because in, your, in the position that God has designed for you to be in, you have the power to influence. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to come from you having an opinion to them, but it's going to come from your relationship to God and them seeing how you are with God. And that gives you such a potential to influence. And yeah. there's, a, there's several places in the Bible that it talks about the man believing. And then it, the, the phrase follows, salvation came to him and his household. Mm-hmm. It happened with the uh, Philippian jailer. Yep. When, when Paul and Silas sang and prayed at midnight, we all know the story. And the walls came down and the shackles broke and all of that. And... The jailer was so distraught he was going to kill himself, and Paul and Silas called out and said, Hey, hang on, we're, we're right here. And he believed, and he asked what he must do to be saved. And so Paul and Silas told him, and then it says that he believed in the Lord, and salvation came to him and his household. Yes. So when he, that's, the, that's the power of influence that you have as, as the man of your house, is you have you have an in, you can be an influencer. Mm-hmm. I know that's a word that's used a lot with YouTube and TikTok and all of those. You know, you can be, but you can be that in your house. Yeah. And another one of those examples, really quick, is Zacchaeus, who in in Luke chapter nine nineteen, you can find the story of Zacchaeus. But he wanted to see Jesus, even though he was not a popular fellow because of his job. He was not high enough to even see Jesus because he was short. And he ran ahead of all of the obstacles. He ran ahead of the crowd and he climbed up a tree because that was how much he wanted to see Jesus. And because he did that, because his priority was, I've got to get to Jesus. Regardless of what else is going on, I've got to get to Jesus. Because that was his priority, when Jesus came to his house, it resulted in his salvation and his household. It says that. Go to Luke 19, read the story. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the that's the opportunity that you have as a man. That's the influence that you can have on your family to guide them in truth, to show them what it's like to have a relationship with God. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, I, I went while you was talking there. I went over to uh, the fifth chapter there in First Timothy, and there's a verse there. It's verse eight in that fifth chapter. It says, "But if." Anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his household. He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Uh, that's how the, the 
uh, NASB version. Um, and, and oftentimes, I've heard that verse talked about as far as work and providing an income and providing food and those kind of things because it says if he, if he doesn't provide for his own and especially those of his household. Um, but I, I don't think that we can just isolate that to only monetary things. You can't because the Amplified says if anyone fails to provide for his own and especially for those of his own family, he has denied the faith by disregarding its principles and is worse than an unbeliever. Yeah. So there's there's more than there's more than money. Yeah, there's more than putting food on the table as men. I mean, some people are going to disagree with that, but this is this is not my idea. This is coming from the Bible, but as men, that is part of our responsibility to mm-hmm. to supply for our family, provide for our family. Uh but in this situation, I think too that we're we're called to be the providers of spiritual uh, healthiness of spiritual guidance and spiritual life and and everything spiritual god has given that to run directly through the man into the rest of the family and each each one has its own own part mm-hmm. but it is it, it is created that family is created to run in that order i kind of think um uh Two or three years ago now, I was I was up in Ohio on a deer hunting trip, and my my truck, uh, which has eight cylinders in it, eight spark plugs in it, it fouled two of the plugs. They quit working. Well, my truck still ran, but it it was really rough. It would only run about forty mile an hour, but it would still go. Every time I cranked it, it cranked, and when I needed to go, it went. And I, I was able to drive it for like the rest of that day, and then tomorrow or the day after that, when when the shops opened, I was able to drive it there. But I couldn't go up hills very well, mm-hmm. but it was still going. And when the man re- doesn't take his responsibility to be the spiritual leader, and then the mother does, or the guy that's driving the church bus that comes by and picks your children up, then the children are still getting in church or the wife is still getting in church but it's running on it's not full power no it's not running on all but cylinders and then we wonder why families are struggling and we wonder those kinds of things and and as a man i'm i'm just saying there should be pressure on you if you're a man with a family there should be a pressure on you because you can avoid that responsibility or that structure god's given you but it's not going to function the way it's supposed to until you come to to terms that your relationship with God is what's going to guide the that ship, mm-hmm. you might say. Yeah, you have, like I said earlier, you have the power to be that influencer. To if you if you take your relationship with God seriously and take your your responsibility seriously like that is the best thing that you can do for your family anything Mm -hmm. whether you whether you are in a situation where you feel like your family is struggling and you're not sure what to do or you feel like oh we're doing okay either way if you step into that role of God's design to be that spiritual head by taking your relationship with God as priority and being that leader that spiritual leader 
it, it's going to make a difference because God's going to honor that. Yeah. Because that's his plan. And anytime we do things his way, it works better. Mm-hmm. Now, you're you're really good at Bible verses. Of course, this, I don't know what version out of, but 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13. It says, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith. Do you know the next line? Uh, in, in KJV, it says, quit you like men, right? I'm not looking at the KJV. I don't know what it is and what you're yeah, reading. But you're, you're right. You're right. It says something about like men. It says act like men in the, NNA, in the NASB, which is what I got up here because it's just a little more easy reading See, I'm, I'm not, uh, for I'm our not listeners. fluent in that one yet. Yeah. It says be on alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you be done in love. What verse is that? First uh, Corinthians 16, verse 13. It says, uh, quit you like men. I was right. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, different different ways of saying the same thing. Yeah. He said he, he simply said, act like men. Yeah, be and strong. So there's there's a way men are supposed to act. And um, that reminds I'll me. just be be honest with you. We're, uh, we're already 30 minutes in, and uh, this, is a, this is a topic that, that could go on for a long time. And, and I really would like to have some maybe a, a guest on that has a lot of experience in this kind of uh, thoughts. It, it's something that I don't think I realize how passionate I am about it until I get into a conversation with people about it. But I look back at, at my years when I was not serving the Lord, and I look at, at the way Zach was raised, and, and, I, and, and then I look at when... I did start serving the Lord, and I'm just thankful that even though he was, uh, I don't know, 12, 11 or 12, I guess, um, when when I started serving the Lord and started, you know, sh- f- leading him, um, but uh, I, I I wouldn't want to, I would be really bothered if here I stood now and had you know had never uh, turned my life over to the Lord that my children would see those kinds of things um, and so when I when I get on this topic oftentimes I find myself getting more caught up in it just because I look at the fathers out there that I know that are as good a father as you could ask for but they they're missing something and they don't even know what it is. Mm-hmm. So when I get on this topic, I I sometimes can't stop. Uh, one verse that came to mind when you read that verse in First Corinthians uh, is something that God said to Joshua as he was leading the children of Israel, and it says in verse seven, "Only be strong and very courageous, and be careful to do everything in accordance with the entire law." which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may prosper and be successful wherever you go. And I know that says the entire law, which Moses, my servant, commanded you, and that's an Old Testament thing, and we're in the New Covenant. I get all that. But I think the principle still stands. If as the leader, like Joshua was the leader, as Mm -hmm. the leader of your house, be strong and courageous and follow God's word, stick to it. Yeah. Don't what, turn what to verse the, was that? Uh, Joshua 1, verse 7. Yeah. 
don't. And eight says. Can you do it? Let, let's see. Keep the laws of this book on your lips always. I don't know what version you're in. <laughs> in case y'all are wondering, that's, he was supposed to memorize that verse. Yes, but we yes. don't even know what version it is. It says, um, meditate on it day and night. Yes. Therefore, that you will be careful to do the do everything that is written in. Then shall you be prosperous and successful. Yes, which goes along with what I was just saying. Stay in the word. Commit mm-hmm. yourself to the word. It says, yeah. do not turn from it to the right or to the left. And then verse 9 says, you, you kind of quoted verse 8, so we're going to skip it. <laughs> but verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be terrified or dismayed, intimidated, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When you, as the man of your household, are you, you're strong and courageous, and you stick to the word of God, then you don't have to be afraid of what other people think of you. You don't have to be worried about the maybe awkward moments because your family is like, uh, Dad's over there crying, for, with Jesus, I don't know mm-hmm. what's going on. I haven't seen this before. Don't be worried about those things no. because the Lord is going to go with you and he's mm-hmm. going to make your He's going to make your family relationship, your family yeah. unit successful because you have honored his word and you have mm-hmm. honored his design. So wherever you may be in your family situation, yeah. just start right now. Uh, I just thought of this, and, and this is going to be a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. But if you're a man and and you and your wife struggle with you think that she's too headstrong or too set in her ways and 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 she's not submissive and or you know all those things that we tend to think you Wait, let you, you tend to think yeah yeah other people <laughs> tend to think honey uh no you let that you let that wife that you're that you have struggles with that you all have maybe marital problems with or whatever you let her see you fully submit yourself to God mm. and and I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say I'll promise you because it's in this book it's in this Bible mm-hmm. but you let her see you submit yourself to God and her submitting to you the same way you do to God will become easy oh let's just take it here so in Ephesians it says that I think it's Ephesians that the husband is supposed to love the wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. Mm-hmm. Submitting yourselves to one another. Yes, in the fear of the Lord. But what I'm saying is that that husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. Mm-hmm. You just said something about let her see you surrendered to God. That's the level of surrender to God. Yeah. In Philippians, it says that he gave himself up to death, even the death of the cross. Yeah. So and, he, and he said, in John, I believe it was where he said, I did not come to do my own will. But the, the will of him who sent me. Yeah. Yes. So everything. And in John 15, it says, greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. If your wife sees you laying down your life for the cause of the kingdom, mm-hmm. you're going to start treating her different. You're going to start yeah. acting different. She's going to love you more. Like you know, this, it's you just, know, It just works this way. You know why? And I know we got to go. But when, when. I'm dealing with someone or you're dealing with someone and you, you know that deep down in, in their core, they might be nice people, but deep down in their core, they're looking out for what's best for them. Well, then you know that at some point you got to watch out what's for best for you because this is how this is working. But when you look at someone else and you say, when it gets read right down to the core of the matter, 
they're only worried about what's best for God, mm-hmm. then guess what? Now you don't have to be on guard anymore. Exactly. You don't have to worry about what's best for you because you're not on guard because you think they're going to watch out for themselves. But they're doing what's best for God. You're doing what's best for them. Someone else is doing what's best for you. And and it makes a circle to where everybody is working together. And it, it makes a difference because God created us to, to function that way. One last thing from a woman's perspective, from a wife's perspective. If you as the husband are fully committed to God, that creates a safe place for your wife. Because you're now treating her the way that honors God. You're not just loving her because she's your wife, but you're loving her because that honors God. Mm-hmm. And when when you're doing what you're doing for her, the way that you speak to her, the way that you act around her, the way that you respect her, the way that you honor her, when you're doing all of that because that is what God has asked of you and that you're doing it for him and not her, that creates a safe place for your wife. Yeah. Because I, and, and that's from the from a wife's perspective. So even though maybe stepping into that role can be intimidating at first, I encourage you, do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Do it and, and see how God works in your family because you stepped up and and took this seriously took this took this relationship with him as far as you can take it surrendered as much as you know to surrender and then a little bit more yeah being, and just see what he can do with that yeah, being the leader in the house which is what the man is called to do doesn't mean telling everybody what to do it means showing everybody how to do it how to live oh can i quote you on um, that yes you can quote me on that for a small nominal fee <laughs> All right, this I got a feeling this is not the last you'll hear on this topic. Um, yeah, so we were, we're going to do call a short this, podcast yeah, we're today, We're going to call, call this part one, and part two will come sometime in the next six or eight months. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, don't do y'all don't forget part one. Yeah, yeah, we'll remind you when that time comes, and I, I hope maybe get a guest on it is um, is well versed in men's ministry. But um, until then, uh, just keep Jesus center stage in your life.